film schools are a great sort of place to tap into. And students are always interested in trying to lend their, you know, capabilities to artists to be able to showcase their skills to allow yourselves to help each other out there as you, you know, as you're an emerging artist, there's emerging video producers and directors out there as well. And so mm. I think it's really important to to consider that community that you have around you and to talk to your friends, talk to other artists, talk to, you know, talk to film schools. You can even reach out cold and just say, I'm, you know, an artist and I'd like to talk to someone about video production. Do you have anybody who would be interested type of thing? It's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm going to share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're going to show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, I'm excited to be here today with Pearl Chakshi. Pearl is the senior director of talent at Vivo. And, you know, if you're a musician, or you know, most people, you've probably heard of Vivo. Vivo is like really the premier music video platform that exists today. She manages the talent team who's responsible for booking artists for Vivo's slate of original content, live productions, and events. She's one of Vivo's first employees, has been with the company since prior to launch in 2009, and has executed over 700 successful shoots, has over 15 years of experience in the music industry, and she previously held roles in digital brand marketing, Interscope Records, Sony Music Licensing. So holy cow, I mean, she has you know, a world of experience, and I'm really excited to connect with her today to talk about you know, music video content and Vivo and a new platform that they're rolling out called Discover that's all about you know, building brand ex exposure and, and getting your music heard. So. Pearl, I know that's kind of a long, long intro, but thank you so much for taking the time to, to be here today. Of course. Thank you so much. Yes, quite an impressive intro, but I guess I have been around for a little while. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So to get started, I would love to hear just a little bit of, of your story and kind of how, how you got started and found and helped to really build Vivo up to what it is today. Sure. So I will say I probably have a little bit of an unconventional backstory. So I started out wanting to be a lawyer and it was just sort of everything I wanted. I want to be a lawyer. I want to be a lawyer. And I went to law school and I graduated from law school and I was taking the bar exam. And while I was taking the bar exam, I just felt like this wasn't really for me. I had this other creative side of me and I've always loved music, always went to shows and stuff. But um, while I was taking the bar, I would just go to as many shows that I could. And I was working at a law firm and just was like, let's just go to as many music shows and meet as many people as I could. And it felt like subconsciously I was pushing myself towards this direction without even fully realizing it. I started meeting managers and talking to them about how they got into the industry and just kind of had the final aha moment. I think this is what I really want to do in my career. So I took a couple months and called everybody I could find in the music industry and begged them to let me kind of learn from them. And I didn't want to do music law. I wanted to just start over in music completely. And so somebody gave me a shot at Sony Music. They probably got sick of my stalker calls. But, you know, I finally got through and I got an assistant position at Sony Music in their licensing team. So it sort of had some sort of touch point to law. But, you know, it really was very very separated from law in general. And and so, yeah, I started out at Sony Music. And then a couple of years later, I went to Interscope Records. Um, 
And and then I just heard about something happening with Vivo. There was an executive at Universal Music Group who was starting up this company. And it just kind of sounded like it was new, interesting. And I wanted to move to New York. I was in LA at the time. And it just kind of checked all the boxes. And so, yeah, I, I got hired at Vivo years ago. <laughs> Which is crazy, but yeah, so it's it's been a long time that I've been there, but it's been deeply rewarding and it, it's so rare that anybody kind of stays with the company for that long. So I've seen it through so many iterations and, you know, it's incredible to have been able to have that opportunity. So yeah, that's my story. Mm, it's so cool. Yeah, I know. I know a lot of people, they have a passion for for music and you know, being able to actually find kind of that Venn diagram of of passion meets practicality and, and what you can, you know, what you can contribute is, is so cool. And yeah, being able to experience that, this transformation and so coming in before it even launched to what it is now, I bet it's just been such a you know, kind of mind-opening experience. Maybe for anyone here who isn't super familiar with Vivo and kind of how it's, how, what's different about Vivo versus, you know, YouTube or a different platform, could you maybe do a quick description of, of that? Sure, of course. So to kind of go back to our origins, Vivo was started in October of 2009. We launched in December of 2009. And we were started because YouTube YouTube became kind of a crowded space for music and video in general, right? And so anytime you would look up for an official music video, you would find that there would be several different user-generated things. Like it was somebody's baby dancing to some official music video and you couldn't find the official one. A lot of times the, that premium music video was getting buried and also not giving getting the ad revenue that it deserved, that kind of like higher level ad revenue. And so Vivo was started by both Sony Music Group and Universal Music Group to have a space for artists to be able to promote those music videos and to have some, you know, that that revenue back from those music videos. So um, that's how we were created. We have distribution deals with pretty much all of the record labels and also a ton of independent distributors as well. And so that's how we differentiate a little bit more from the YouTube space is that we really are all about official premium music video. That's what we do all day long. And so when you're looking for an official music video, when you see Vivo, you know, that's it. Mm, awesome. Yeah. Th thanks for clarifying. That, that totally makes sense. So one thing I'd love to dive into is this new initiative that, that we talked a little bit about around discovery. And it's discovery spelled with with spelled without some of the some of the vowels, right? So it's like dis discovery. But but I'd love to hear a little bit of the kind of the birth of that as an idea. Kind of where, where what are some of the biggest challenges that you're looking to address with that um, with that service, and and how does that work exactly? Of course. So discover is really just like our flag to program. It's so important to us, and it's you know Vivo is made up of a ton of music passionate fans. And when you hear the name Vivo, you may not see that, right? But when you get down to it, you are talking about a group of people who care deeply about music from all genres. And so something that's really important to us at Vivo is discovering new talent and making sure that we are offering new talent, new ways to promote themselves and, you know, get new audiences and fan bases. And so I was born out of that need. And also you know, I think a big thing in music right now is that artists must feel this, is that it's just a very crowded space, right? That artists have more access to publishing music globally than ever. There's so many more ways to learn about new music and it can feel overwhelming. But as you know, so many can see that as a challenge, we saw that as an opportunity to be able to give artists different platforms to be able to promote themselves. And so 
that's how Discover was born. It's something that is really intrinsic into what we do. Of course, we also work with huge artists as well and, you know, trending artists and mid-level artists, but we really care deeply about breaking those artists very early in their career. And so Discover is a program that actually has like three different iterations of it. And so I'll start out with the first one, which is Discover New Music. It's a program where our team editorially se selects, editorially <laughs> selects a couple artists a week, and we take 15 second clips of their music video and promote them across YouTube and our socials. And so we're talking, you know, artists that have been unsigned sometimes too, you know, it's, it's really kind of all over the map. And it's just from our team, with, you know, its passionate base of music fans going out there and listening to music, learning about music, going to see music in person, talking to people about music and learning about these new artists and presenting them to our team. And then we all kind of discuss who are we going to be able to give those two, two looks to a week. That's on a global basis. And it ends up being on a global basis across about 100 plus opportunities per year. So just know that there's a lot of opportunities there. The artist doesn't really have to do much. We take all the work on. We we create the pre-roll, the, you know, the little video that promotes them, and we put them up on our socials. So I can kind of tell you a couple names recently that we've worked with. Armani White in August. Now everyone knows about Armani White. Samara Joy is one that I'm very excited about. We found out about her in September, and now she's up for Best New, Gra Best New Artist at the Grammys. So pretty incredible artists that we've been working with, but we hear about them so much earlier earlier in their career. And so that's that's a program that, you know, is open to emerging artists, you know, at, at all levels. Um, and then our next sort of Discover iteration is our Discover series that we shoot in our studio and that we shoot in New York and London. And we have approximately 36 slots in the U.S. and 36 slots in the U.K. And we that's throughout the year. And we shoot a couple songs with the artists in our studio. And it's just like a very well produced, you know, high production value performance. And a lot of times these artists haven't had that experience of being able to be on a set, having that professional look, you know, making sure that the audio is mixed perfectly and that they're really happy with it and being able to deliver that sort of like very official looking music video for them. So really love working on that with the artists. And we choose that by, it's an ongoing basis. So throughout the year, we're constantly talking about new artists. And as they continue to come up, we start to look for ones that start to build some momentum in their career. We're starting to see some, some things happening for them, some things lining up. And we try to choose them as we start to see some of a little bit of momentum happening with them. So that is Discover in our studio. Um, and then right now we have Discover Artists to Watch. We just launched that recently. And those are our artists to watch that are poised to break out for the following year. So Discover Artists to Watch 2023. There are approximately 20 artists globally, and we choose those artists from about 550 submissions this year. And so it's, it's a lot of listening to music, a lot of seeing what's out there, but it's, it's probably our favorite time of year. Um, it's my favorite meeting. We all get to talk about our favorite, you know, artists and and what we love about them and why they're important and what what makes them really stand out from the rest and and how they're going to break out in 2023. And so we're really excited about that campaign as well and we've had a lot of success with that previously in past years, but really excited about this year as well. We just launched with Glorilla um, who's amazing. Flo just launched and a new artist that I'm loving out of Nigeria uh, named Ira Starr, who's incredible. So really exciting opportunities and, and just know there's so many different levels of opportunities for artists of emerging level. And so we're really excited to be working with them and, and have lots of different ways to engage with them. 
so cool. Yeah, th- thank you for sharing sort of the crash course and, and those three different things. And and that totally makes it. I feel like the thing that I hear over and over and over again, it seems like one of the biggest challenges really is about, you know, I've spent so much time, energy, passion in, in the music. And and I, how do I actually find people who aren't just my friends and family to are going to enjoy it and get, get it heard by the right people? So it's so cool to you know, be able to shine a spotlight and help people to get discovered. One thing I'd be curious about, so like some of the numbers that you mentioned, you know, we're somewhere in like the hundred to a thousand sort of range of like selections, which is amazing. And I can also imagine some, some artists who might be listening to this right now, because I think this is pretty common, like thinking like, oh man, like, you know, I, I, I could never get selected for something like, like that. Cause there's probably like, you know, millions or billions of submissions and, um, roughly like how many submissions do you think like they're kind of competing with when it comes to that? And, and what, and maybe we could also dig into like, who's the exact right fit that you're kind of looking for that you think is going to get the most value from an opportunity like that? And how, how can they get to that point where, where it may be a good fit? Yeah, I think that what's something really important, as I mentioned before, is that momentum and sort of the trajectory that they're having. So we can promote somebody all day long, but if they don't have any other touch points, then it's us kind of screaming into a void. <laughs> so yeah. if, we right. can kind of work with the artist to see that trajectory of momentum and work with them to tie into something that's already kind of working with them. So say they have a tour coming out, say they have some PR opportunities that they're coming out, an article written about them. They're starting to see some trending stuff online, on socials, whatever it is. Any of that helps us be able to make our decision because we know that we won't be the only ones out there trying to make this artist be heard. So when there's like a holistic campaign against an artist, when they are working across several different touch points is when we're listening. And of course, you know, music is is so subjective, but we do have so many people who love so many different types of music and they will catch your ear. And the great thing about Vivo is there's two ways to catch somebody's attention. There's visual and there's audio and then hopefully a combination of both. So, um, you know, if somebody has a really interesting, stimulating video, visually we'll talk about that and and discuss that and just say, this is something so unique. Let's give this a look. Or this is a sound we've never heard. Or this is an old school sound that we loved hearing, but we haven't heard recently. It's kind of across the board. It is so subjective, but it's also, you know, that there is that importance of seeing other things happening with the artist uh, in conjunction with what we can do with the artist. We want to work with the artist as a larger campaign to make sure we're pushing them and getting them to the level that they deserve. All right, let's take a quick break from the podcast so I can tell you about a free special offer that we're doing right now exclusively for our podcast listeners. So if you get a ton of value from the show, but you want to take your music career to the next level, connect with a community of driven musicians and connect with the music mentors directly that we have on this podcast, or if you just want to know the best way to market your music and grow an audience right now, then this is going to be perfect for you. So right now we're offering a free two-week trial to our music mentor coaching program. And if you sign up in the show notes below, you're going to get access to our entire Music Mentor content vault for free. The vault's organized into four different content pillars. The first being the music, then the artist, the fans, and last but not least, the business. When you sign up, you'll unlock our best in-depth masterclasses from a network of world-class musicians and industry experts on the most cutting-edge strategies right now for growing your music business. On top of that, you'll get access to our weekly live masterminds where our highest level modern musician coaches teach you exactly what they're doing to make an income and an impact with their music. Then once a month, we're going to have our Music Mentor Spotlight Series. 
And that's where we're going to bring on some of the world's biggest and best artist coaches and successful musicians to teach you what's working right now. And one of the most amazing parts is that you can get your questions answered live by these top-level music mentors. So a lot of the people that you hear right here on the podcast are there live interacting with you personally. So imagine being able to connect with them directly. On top of all that, you'll get access to our private music mentor community. And this is definitely one of my favorite parts of Music Mentor, and, and maybe the most valuable, is that you're going to have this, this community where you can network with other artists and link up, collaborate, ask questions, get support, and discuss everything related to your music career. So if you're curious and you want to take advantage of the free trial, then go click on the link in the show notes right now and you can sign up for free. Uh, from there, you can check out all of the amazing content, uh, connect with the community, and sign up for the live masterclasses that happen every week. This is a gift for listening to our podcast for the show. Um, so don't miss it out. Go sign up for free now and uh, let's get back to our interview. Awesome. Yeah. So it sounds like what, what you're saying is that it might not be for someone who's totally brand new out of the gate. It's like you're trying to submit to, to an opportunity like it. But for someone who has already started investing and putting a lot of, of energy into their music and they have you know their initial momentum started that then it's sort of like gasoline on the fire and that those are some folks that might be a good fit for for that type of opportunity. Exactly. And these opportunities, the discover opportunity is is only one of the opportunities that we offer. And when if you're a brand new artist that's starting out and do, doesn't have any kind of like touch points like that at all, but you do have a music video and you'd like to get the music video heard, we can get the music video up on the Vivo network and you can, you know, and if somebody sees it and it stands out, we might be able to promote it anyway, even if you haven't kind of submitted yourself for any of these things. So people are watching constantly to see what is coming through our feed and what people are uploading. And so if you're a brand new artist who just wants to give Vivo a shot and see what happens, you can sign up with one of our independent aggregators and kind of get their music, you know, videos up on the platform. And so it starts that relationship with Vivo. So then as you start to build that trajectory, we can say, oh, we saw this video and this video and this video, and we've seen your, you know, your like growth and we want to help be part of that. So even the, you know, the smallest artist out there who's just starting from the beginning, if you have a music video, it's all about that. If you have a music video that you want to showcase, that's where we come into play. Hmm. Beautiful. Awesome. So that's actually a really nice segue into another question I'd love to get your perspective on beings as you've been, you know, in vivo since even prior prior to launch. And you've probably seen so, so many examples of music videos. You've seen, you know, some that maybe had a huge production budget and basically didn't really connect and didn't really do a whole lot. And maybe some that were even like a much more style of video that had a very low, low budget, but it was able to have massive exposure and connect with so many people. So I'd love to hear from you some of the, some of the insights that you've learned from, from in perspective you have based on seeing all these videos. How can someone who is listening to this or watching this right now, who has music that they feel really proud of, they feel like is ready for a right music video, how do they kind of think about creating something that actually stands out and and can connect with people? Yeah, you really want to be authentic to yourself. That's number one, right? You don't want to kind of put on someone else's persona or do something else that seems to be hitting just because it's hitting. If it doesn't fit with you, then people kind of can see that and, and you know, they can call out inauthenticity. So I think it's really important to be authentic to who you are and what your music is. So like, you know, if if you're a deep singer songwriter and you're kind of writing songs about love, but then you kind of want to have, you know, like the women jiggling on the yacht, maybe that's not the best fit. You know, so, you know, it, it's kind of about trying to stay true to who you are 
Um, but it's also, you know, important to think about showcasing your talent in the best way. So something really important for us in our original content series that my team books for is that we're, we're shooting performances that are usually like one take all the way through. And you can hear it. You can hear that live performance sound in their voice. And I think that's really something unique and special. And it shows the audience that this artist actually does have the talent, that they can sing, that they're not this like overproduced product. And I think it offers something really unique to fans that they can see and feel. And I don't know about you, but I always love those versions of songs. Those ones that are live, that are, you know, a little bit off. Maybe the artist is a little raspier because they're emotional about it or whatever it is. But those are the versions that I always go back to. So kind of offering fans a version of that and being able to kind of be that vulnerable and showcase that maybe this isn't a perfect recording, but it may be perfect for fans to relate to. Um, so that's something that we really care deeply about at Vivo and, and showcase often in our original content. But I, I really think it's it's about staying true to yourself. It doesn't have to be super crazy, huge budget, but really just doing something that feels right for you and the music and, you know, and, and try out different things too. You don't have to be stuck in one thing, but we see, like you said, like we see all types of music and all types of music videos and there's not one recipe for success. You know, it's just about coming across with the right music at the right time with the right visual, but the right can be so many different things, which is exciting. There is no actual answer to that, but it's also exciting because it can be anything at any time. So I just encourage as many people to be doing the music video as much as possible. It's, it's worth it. It's really important. And it creates a deeper connection between you and your fans when you're creating that visual. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. So, so it sounds like what you're saying is that one great way to start. And this is so great too for, for independent artists and people who might be starting without a big budget, without a record label investment, right? That actually there's a big pro to being able to record more authentic um, content and doing a one take you know, video. So a one take where it doesn't necessarily have to be perfect. The point is that it's, that it's real, that it's authentic. And, and that, that's a great kind of uh, content to start with. Very cool. Yeah, I, I would love to hear your perspective on yeah, there, there's sort of, it seems like there's two balancing weights. There's sort of like the authenticity angle where, you know, if you're coming out and you're doing something that is totally inauthentic or it's not who you are, then it's, you we can usually kind of like see through it or even worse, like if you do somehow like fool people or, or like, you know, you get known for something that's not you, then now it's like, you have it's, it's not you and you have to kind of put it on a front and then, you know, you're being someone that you don't want to be. So there, there's that side. And then I also have seen like the opposite, like the extreme side where it's like, like where it almost becomes a downside if they're like too worried about originality or they think they can't have influences or they think they can't be inspired by references. And so I would love to hear your perspective on, on that as well. It's like, is there, is, is it okay to be intentional about kind of referencing other, you know, videos and some of your favorite artists and kind of using that in your own video content? Or would you recommend kind of shying away from that? I I think it's a it's a really good question because I think there's a fine line, right? So there's there's the obvious sort of pull where you're taking a song and you're using it as your recording song bed. 
that's obvious. You're definitely pulling from something and you're using it. And then there's the influences and and you're you're being sort of like schooled by these artists, but you've become your own voice, but you have, you know, some sort of influence through these artists in the past. And and then there's everything in between. So it's such a sliding scale. And and to say, you know, one is better than the other is so, so difficult because it is so case by case for each artist in each situation. But nobody can shy. I mean, everybody's listened to music before and an artist is influenced by music in the past. That That's like, that's a fact. That's just part of it, right? And that's what made you a great artist today is is that you you cared about music so deeply and it has influenced you to to want to become your own artist. So that's incredible. And and you shouldn't shy away from that because how do you? <laughs> how can you turn that off? It's impossible. I don't think that's anything that you should shy away from. And it's it's and people love nostalgia too. You know, people are loving stuff that's coming back from the 80s or the 90s sound and kind of reliving that too. So it's not like you can not borrow from those things, but there's there's that fine line of of still being able to have your voice and still being able to put your stamp on it and make it somewhat original to you without being so concerned that you're pulling from the past. But I think it's impossible to to be an artist today without pulling from anything because you you came from somewhere. <laughs> you came from influence and and to divorce yourself from that is doing yourself a disservice too. So I think it's important to kind of to to give that nod because it's part of who you are and why you're doing what you're doing. But but you know that and and I think there's a lot of different creative ways where you can give nods to those influences without having to kind of be over the top, whether it's you know, maybe using, you know, particular instrumentation that that artist used or a particular way of singing something. Um, so many different ways where you can kind of nod to that without having to do it, you know, over the top where this artist can't be thought of if you don't think of this other artist. You still want to be able to stand on your own. I think that's actually it. It's if you're listening to this new artist, can you divorce them from that other artist? Or can you only think that that other artist is is who this is, right? You have to be able to differentiate the two. And I think that that could be like kind of a key to how much you can kind of be influenced by somebody without being them. So good. Yeah, that was, that was really well articulated. Awesome. So one question I'd love to run by you is around... You know, music video strategy and release strategy, maybe like for an independent artist, how frequently would you recommend that they aim to release a new music video? And then maybe from there, we can, we can even dive into the process of like, you know, the, of creating music videos and the production and how you know, some different angles that people would take. But maybe, maybe to start with, we can, we can think about the release plan or release strategy and, and maybe how they, they can start planning out their own releases for Viva. Yes, exceptionally important to have early strategy for any artist is is to have that calendar and idea of where things are going to go and when. You don't have to stick to it 100%. Music videos in our history have constantly moved, constantly, constantly. But, you know, just to have an idea of what you're, that's also really important to companies like ourselves because we are once again looking for that momentum and that trajectory of the artist. So having that schedule is really important to be able to show you know, any outlet. But it is highly important because fans are consuming content like crazy. There is no, I haven't heard of somebody overdoing it when it comes to releasing content. I know that seems overwhelming as a new artist. Like, oh my God, how often should I be releasing these official music videos? It takes me so long to come up with this stunning, amazing, beautiful music video. And I put it out and now I have to come out with another one. <laughs> and so it's it's overwhelming. But I think it's about having touch points. So your touch points would be an official music video. And then it's the 
the surrounding sort of video that you can create to help support that. So there's several different things you can do, like behind the scenes or a bloopers thing, or just even short little things where you talk about putting this together ended up being really cold outside. And this is what we ended up doing, just giving a little backstory or doing a different version of that song, doing a live performance, as I mentioned earlier. So a lot of different ways that you can continue to to surf on an official music video and to be able to continue that interest and and be able to continue to release on that song without having to release a brand new official music video with a new song. So I would say you don't want to go several months as a new artist without anything new. You want to keep it, you know, to to feed that, you know, fan ask and and request that there's always that appetite for um for content. But there's different ways to do it. You don't have to feel the pressure of always putting out the official music video. There's there's so many different videos that are out there that can help support you. So I would say don't go several months without like putting out an official music video. But I would say at least monthly, at least monthly is put something up, put something to to be supporting that song or that official music video. And if you can get weekly, even better. Cool. Super smart. Yeah. So so looking at it, it's not necessarily like it has to be just original video content that you're releasing, you know, every week. But if you have an album, you know, with ten songs, then you can create a music video for for each of them, and you can create you know surrounding content that goes behind the scenes or shares more insights or just different versions of it, and you can really kind of expand one piece of content into a lot of supportive, you know, kind of pieces of content. One hundred percent. That that could last you for a year plus. You know, depending on how you strategize and and you know schedule out your year, you can work on one album for a year plus and make it kind of stretch out that in that way. And so, yeah, so many different ways to to get your music out there and heard. And and also, some people may gravitate towards that live performance more than the official music video, or some may really love those produced you know, beautiful music videos. And so you're hitting different audiences as you're offering, you know, different types of content as well. Maybe some want to see behind the scenes. Maybe some want to hear about those crazy stories on set. So you might be hitting a different audience when you're offering these different types of content as well. So I think it's, it's really important to think a little bigger than just about the official music video. Mm, So cool. And, and maybe we could do a quick kind of brainstorm around those other supportive kind of like types of of video content you mentioned a few of those there so like the original original music video and then maybe an acoustic version or different version of of it some behind the scenes potentially anything else that comes to mind is sort of like if you're sitting down with an artist and they had a music video and they're thinking how can we support this release what are some of like the the low-hanging fruit they're like oh they gotta gotta include something like that Lyric videos, of course, you know, those are really important. People are always looking for those. A lot of times artists release lyric videos even before the official music video just to get that song out there, especially if they're releasing it on audio streaming platforms. They want to make sure that there's a visual as well. People are always looking for where's that visual when they hear a song. And so it's important to always have that representation. So a lyric video is super simple to make and the more creative you can get, the better. But if you just need to get something out, that's that's a great way to start. Or sometimes we just have static videos where it's just one image and it's just the song playing, just so there's some representation of a, some sort of visual. And then we've seen all kinds of crazy creative stuff. Like maybe it's a fan video where people are lip syncing the song or dance videos were really big. So it's like, you know, that cut with this crazy dance routine to it. So there's just so many ways to get really creative. 
You can have directorial cuts of different videos. So I, I'm not a music video production expert by any means, but I see a lot. And, you know, it makes me excited to know that there is so many different avenues that you can go down to be able to promote the same song. So it's really, you know, the sky's the limit. It's just about your creativity and what you can put together. But there's so many different ways to do it. Mm, very cool. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It sounds like like one uh, potential angle is thinking about how can I collaborate with another type of creator? Maybe maybe they're not even like a music you know, creator. Like what came to mind was the America's Got Talent. There is a performance where they're doing a sort of a routine with like silhouettes or like shadows in the background. Doesn't it like, gosh, that'd be a really cool, you know, like it was a really cool kind of music video experience. There was Maddie from, was it Dance Moms? My wife is like big, she was in the cheer and dance. So like, so, so that song, Chandelier, you know, was like such a cool combination of like multiple different art styles. And so, you know, being able to kind of source ideas like that from your community, like having fan generated content and the lyric video idea, lots of good stuff there. Hopefully people are like having a notebook and they're just like writing down all these like good, good ideas for, for video content. Awesome. So maybe with that, we can dig a little bit into for, for someone who maybe they have never released a video before, or they're still kind of early on, or they're an independent artist and they're trying to figure out how do I like budget for creating these videos or how do I get a right, like a video producer without spending $20,000 or more for, for a video? Um, do you have any suggestions or ideas for you know, how they can get started with like a, kind of a simple, sweet way to kind of get some of that momentum when they're still early on in their, in their career? Yeah, I, I would say that film schools are a great sort of place to tap into. And students are always interested in trying to lend their, you know, capabilities to artists to be able to showcase their skills too. allow yourselves to help each other out there as you, you know, as you're an emerging artist, there's emerging video producers and directors out there as well. And so mm. I think it's really important to to consider that you know, you use the word community, which really resonated with me is to consider that community that you have around you and to talk to your friends, talk to other artists, talk to, you know, talk to film schools. You can even reach out cold and just say, I'm, you know, an artist and I'd like to talk to someone about video production. Do you have anybody who would be interested type of thing? There's so there's a lot of different ways that you could look up people and make sure that you're finding somebody that you trust, but also may not you know, charge you like crazy and make sure that they're also getting something out of it. Like maybe they're getting that exposure out of it and maybe you can kind of collaborate on something really interesting. So I think that would be the easiest way to be able to tap into that resource without having to spend crazy amounts of budget is if you're both helping each other out with what what you're both looking for, which is really exposure, right? Mm. Gosh, that's that's so smart. And I can't believe I hadn't really thought about it in that way before. But just the fact that like, you know, if you're an emerging artist, like there's also emerging video producers, there's also emerging, you know, producers in, in general for, for music. And I know for us with Paradise Fears, a huge break for us was our first kind of professional producer. And he was a guy named Jordan Schmidt. And when we connected with him, he was a, an emerging producer. So he hadn't you know, had huge success yet. But he was definitely on the 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 path, and it was like night and day. Like when we worked with him, the music we didn't get that much better, but like the music got significantly better. And now he's gone on to you know to record multiple multi platinum songs, and he's you know, you know he's really established. But when we had connected with him, we were in a similar you know vein where we were both emerging, and so 
yeah, it's, it does seem like that's such a huge opportunity is connecting with those other emerging creators and being able to collaborate and, and serve them and, and think about how can I provide value to them too? Because in a similar way right now, you're not going to charge them, you know, tens of thousands of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars for, for your music, but you can kind of come together to support each other. Yeah. Awesome. Artists don't work in silos. Like we, you know, artists are, there is that community across everybody and, and influences are had from, you know, historical past, but also through current times. And you can be inspired by so many different ways. And so I, I think the music production is one huge way. Video production is one huge way. And also just anybody who's a visual artist, you know, you kind of can tap into that world as well. But, you know, when you collaborate with others, you kind of expand your sphere and learn something. You're always learning something. So and I'm a big fan of people raising other people up with them as they start to see success. So if you start to see that you're hitting something, bring someone else up with you who also deserves those breaks. Because as you know, as a struggling artist, it's really hard to get out there and be heard. So if you can have somebody who's a friend who will give you that hand, who will be able to you know, film that music video for you or whatever it is, it's amazing to help bring up others with you and to give them that look and support as well. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. As you're describing that too, like different kinds of visual art. One thing that came to mind was yeah, some of those sand artists, where you have like they have like overhead videos, or they're creating really cool visuals with with like the sand on the table. So even like things like that, finding artists, other types of non-traditional types of exploration, but creative work seems like a cool avenue that anyone listening to this could potentially explore. Is just going looking at what are all the different kinds of art and creative works and. And maybe I can reach out and so, you know, start building a community around these, you know, diverse kind of sources. That's Very cool. Yeah. And I, I love that. I think it may feel overwhelming. It may feel like work. Oh, I have to release all these different types of music video. And it feels like, oh, this is work. But when you get into it, it should be passion. It should be fun. It should be exciting. As soon as you started mentioning those sand videos, I just got excited. And I was like, oh, cool. I can't wait to see some more of that, you know, so. It's, it should be fun and, and represent you, of course. But, but yeah, I, I think that take it out of that. I have to work. I have to get this. I have to deliver this for the fans and make sure I'm feeding, you know, that ask and instead kind of see it like this is a new fun way of showcasing your music. And, you know, hopefully you can partner with some really interesting people who can influence your music in the future as well. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, one thing that came to mind as, as we're discussing this, like collaborating with other types of creators is how as musicians, I think sometimes we underestimate or undervalue our creativity because it's, it's like a fish in water. It's like, it's like, oh, like it's always been this way or like, there's nothing like that exceptional about it. I don't really stand out. Maybe you could think of it like the purple cow effect, you know, with Seth Godin he talks about how if you're driving down the street and there's just a field of cows, you don't really look twice, but if one of them's purple, it catches your attention. You're like, whoa, whoa. like there's a purple cow. And so the idea is like, you know, how can we sort of become a purple cow? And if we're in a room where it's just all musicians and all creators, it's great to like to bond and create a community that way. But also like you aren't standing out by its very nature because you're all, you know, similar cows. But if you take you and your music and you go to a completely different industry, you go to like the sand, the sand people, <laughs> the sand people, imagine like Star Wars, like those little, those little guys. But then like you are, it's like a purple cow almost because, you know, you're something unique and different. And just because you're a different type of creator or musician, you, know, you can offer something unique. And I mean, it reminds me of, because I have this like keyboard set up, sometimes during Zoom calls, like we were with our accountants a couple of weeks ago and we were just like goofing around. 
like his name was Bill. So I'm like, he's Bill, the man, the man with the plan. <laughs> he, he absolutely loved it. You just got, you got to, you, you like recorded it. You shared it with his whole team and he like showed the video and it just kind of me thinking, I'm like, that wasn't very good. <laughs> like the song is like, like, you know, it just was like goofing off, but it was like, it created a really special moment for him. And I think it was because of that purple cow effect. And so it's interesting if you, if you can kind of take your music and figure out like, how can I, how can I provide value, do something unique for these other industries that just by its very nature, you know, adding music to it is, could be interesting. I think that's, that's a really key point. And, and I think the thing is, is that the difficulty is that everyone wants to be a purple cow. And so if there's everybody who's a purple cow in the same exact color, then nobody stands out. So there is not like the, the formula for success. It's not one thing. What's important is to make it that unique thing to you. So like you said, if there's a type of, you know, type of medium of art that you gravitate that that's unique to you, then that definitely explore that. That's really exciting. And I love love that story about <laughs> about the accountant and getting <laughs> it, it did make you stand out right it made you stand out and that's really what it's about standing out authentically and there's there's a lot of different ways to do it but that it's a great point is that if you go outside of the medium of music that there may be other touch points that can help you get there mm, very cool well hey pearl this has been awesome. Thank you so much. I, I feel like I, I personally, I have a new music project that I'm working on and I'm certainly gonna be recording music video content. So I you know, I do this for as much for, for our community as for myself too. So, it's, so I appreciate what you do and what Vivo is doing. And and for anyone who's listening to this right now or, or watching and, and wants to learn more about Discover and just Vivo in general, what would be a good next step for them to, to go to dive deeper? Yeah, so we have a site. It is hq.vivo.com. And there's information there about who we are, what we do, and there is a little top part that says for artists. So if you're an emerging artist and you'd like to learn a little bit more about how to work with Vivo, definitely go there. And it gives you all of the information that you need. It lists 12 different distributors that you can work with to get your music videos on the platform. And so there's a lot of, and if, if you're somebody who wants to work with Bebo, there's a careers button at the bottom. So there's a lot of different things and information on that site. So highly suggest going there. And and one other thing I wanted to mention about Vivo, which we really didn't get into, but somewhere, something I'm very excited about is the connected TV space. You know, people are watching music video on big screens now. And it's awesome and exciting. As somebody who supports art and artists and who care deeply about music video, being able to see the, that beautifully produced music video that artists put so much time and energy and effort into on a huge screen is so amazing. It sort of feels like that's the way it was intended to be, to be watched, to be consumed. And so, you know, Connected TV is a space that's growing exponentially, and we're so excited about it. And when I say Connected TV, I kind of mean like the Samsung TV+, Plus, the Roku, the Plutos, Apple TV, all of those types of services. We just launched with Hulu, so we're really excited about that. And the Connected TV space, it makes up 50% of our revenue now. So it's growing, it's not going anywhere, and it's really exciting. So it's just another place that when you work with Vivo, you're going to get your music videos up on those platforms too. And, you know, as we start to be able to give more promotion to you as an artist, we can give you, you know, different promotion on those services as well. We can create blocks for music videos and we can say, here's a, you know, an hour long new music from, you know, the hip hop world or whatever it is. So there's so many different ways that we can program and offer opportunities. So the connected TV space is one that's really, really exciting and that I can't wait to see, you know, how it continues to grow because 
there's a lot of room for creativity there. And, you know, piggybacking on what you were discussing about creativity and music video, thinking about how people are watching on a big screen is a totally different experience than when you're watching on your phone or your desktop computer. Um, and so thinking like, how would I create contact for that? What would that look like? How would it look like if people are watching in a group? There's a lot of co-viewing that's going on. Actually, 79% of our audience watches with at least one other person. So mm. thinking about, you know, how do you engage like parties? So there, there's just so many exciting new worlds opening up with connected TV. And we're really excited about that space. So just something extra I had to mention for artists out there that it's it's a big one and it's coming. It, it's not coming. It's here. And and we're really excited about pushing that and, and making sure that there's so many more opportunities for artists to be heard. Wow. So cool. Th thank you for sharing that. And, you know, I at the risk of, I, I definitely want to pull away because I, I could see myself go down a rabbit hole, just like geek it out on, on this stuff. But I, I love maybe for a future conversation. But the one thing that came to mind was I'd be curious to hear like, you know, a bit down, like in the future, it seems like there's a pretty big opportunity around virtual reality and creating like virtual mu live music shows, especially with like Apple Glasses coming out relatively soon with the augmented reality. And then like having that experience of being connected TV or like being on the TV, but like actually being there live, like having this feeling of presence, being able to look around, see those those artists performing either in like a pre-recorded video. So you could just be like, hey, how, you were, oh, you weren't there when the Beatles performed in 1971? Well, bummer, but guess what? Like plug into this virtual experience so you can basically like look around and kind of experience this energy of being there live. It seems like a really cool avenue. And I'm sure Vivo is like super well positioned to be able to be the premier you know, VR platform. Yeah, we have been, to, I feel like we've been talking about VR for the past 10 years. I've been hearing about it for 10 years, at least, if not more. And I think at the moment, it feels as if the VR world is quite expensive to make happen. And I think if we can get to a place where it's it's not as expensive, it's not as cumbersome to be able to distribute in some way, there might be something there. I mean, if you think about when the pandemic hit and how everybody was kind of alone at home and, and feeling ostracized from the world, the way they're connecting, we noticed a huge jump in live performance, you know, catalogs and, and music videos. And, and it was really exciting to see people wanting to get back. Even if they can't be there in person, they want to be able to experience it, you know, visually in some way. And so we were seeing a huge rise in live music. So there is that appetite for sure. It's out there. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see where it's headed. But yeah, we're, we're just excited to continue to help offer live performance. And then, you know, you never know. We never know where VR might go. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. I I think right now, you know, it's different probably than it'll be five years or ten years or twenty years from now. Who, who knows? And, and also, there's like some, I don't know, like you know, there's if there seems Wally -E or anything like that. You know, there's there's lots of things to look out for for that. But it's it's gonna be super cool. And I I also would love to connect more with Vivo. Um, right now we just set up a live streaming embedded platform like on our street team software so like street team is basically a website builder and an email sms marketing tool that, that we developed to help artists to connect with their their fans and part of that is right now embedding um, a live stream video through Streamyard onto the the page on their website and then they can gate it behind content so only folks who are in their vip are able to access it but that could be an interesting thing to explore in a collaboration together. Like if if that was the kind of thing that would make sense for for Vivo or not. Shoot, shoot me a yeah, link. In future. I'll take it. I'll check it out, and and we'll see if there's something there. But that could be very interesting. Thanks for bringing that up. Cool.
Well, April, it's been awesome connecting with you. And thank you again for taking the time to, to come on here and share some of the insights that you've learned from a pretty amazing career, both in terms of, sounds like you came into this because you're such a, a music lover and you had a passion for, for music. And now you're able to make such a huge impact for, for artists, independent artists and helping it be seen. So thank you for what you're doing and, and for what Vivo's doing. And Looking forward to staying in touch. And like always, for anyone who's listening or watching right now, we'll have all the links and, and easy access in the show notes to click and learn more. And I'll look forward to talking again soon. Awesome. Thank you so much, Michael. I really appreciate it. And thank you for all that you do as well. You know, you're, you're helping emerging artists get out there and getting some advice. And it's amazing what you do as well. So, you know, congrats on everything that you've had so far and can't wait to continue working with you and, and helping as many artists as we can. Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guest today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then I'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That, that really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.